I want us to look at Mark chapter 12 today, the last uh, maybe 10 verses of this, uh, of this chapter. We've been going through the gospel of Mark for a long time now. We've been in the 12th chapter for quite a while because it was in this chapter, this is like on Wednesday before Jesus is to be arrested and crucified on Friday. So uh, this is a critical time in the life of Jesus and Already the Pharisees have come to him trying to trip him, trap him and the Sadducees have come and scribes have come, different ones have come. And let me tell you who the scribes were in the Bible. The scribes were kind of the chief Pharisees. They were the ones who were considered the masters in the law. That is, they, uh, they had what we call a master's degree or a doctorate in the law. And uh, they are the ones that interpreted the law and they applied the law and they actually lived by the law. Their life was dominated by law-keeping and by law-teaching and law-enforcing. That sounds all right, doesn't it? But there was a problem with their life. That was that they, and this is what religion does to anybody religion always moves you in the direction of pridefulness and greed it really does now i know some of you say well but aren't we religious i hope not i hope not i don't want to be religious religion by definition is man's attempt to impress God and by doing so to gain God's favor and God's acceptance. That's religion. The only problem with it is if you try to be religious and fail, then it makes you depressed. But if you try to be religious and succeed, it makes you arrogant. So it's a lose-lose situation either way. And that's the reason that in Jesus coming to this earth, the people who gave him the greatest challenge, the greatest difficulty, and the greatest opposition were not the sinners. It was the religious people. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the teachers of the law. And... uh, In the last part of this chapter, we're going to see a contrast between the scribes who were arrogant and greedy, and we're going to see another person who was humble and generous. And uh, I think it's, I've never actually seen this contrast until this last week. And so I've learned something, so I'll try to share it with you this morning. Jesus says in chapter 38, and in his teaching, Jesus said, beware of the scribes. Now, some today, I think he might say, beware of religious people. He might even say, in some cases, beware of pastors. He might even say, he surely might say, beware of radio preachers and evangelists or television evangelists. And uh, not all of them are bad, for sure. But I want to tell you something. A lot of them fall into the category that I'm going to talk about here today. 
And I want you to know, just because somebody's popular, and even just because somebody is uh, successful, doesn't mean that they're humble and generous. And whenever I hear of some televangelist, I want to know what kind of house they live in, for one thing. If they live in a mansion, I'm a little concerned. I want to know what kind of car they drive. If they've got four Rolls Royces, I'm a little bit concerned. And uh, if they dress in $500 suits, I'm just a little bit concerned. I, I know you're saying, well, are you judging them? I guess I may be. I don't know. I probably am. But I'm just saying that Jesus did the same thing with the scribes in his day. He looked about and he said, look, beware of these religious people. They're out to get what they can get. And they strut about and they want the praises of men And they are not servants, they are entrepreneurs. And I tell you, I I have a concern about that today. And some of the most successful, popular, wealthy uh, teachers are very, very rich. And they're not generous, they're greedy, and they're prideful. And, uh, but even worse than that, they're not teaching the truth. I know uh, one very, very popular pastor who's written a couple of books. You read his books, and you won't find the cross in it at all. You won't find a call to sacrifice and servanthood. You won't find the blood of Jesus in it. You won't find the doctrine of hell in it. And you won't find the doctrine of sin in it. It's all just feel-good stuff. And, hey, everybody's okay. And you're okay. I'm okay. We're okay. Send me your money. And I, 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 think, I think that's the kind of thing Jesus is talking about here. He said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and they like greetings in the marketplace. Now, this idea of long robes is not talking about just, uh, just long robes. But in the Old Testament, God told the children of Israel to tie blue tassels on their robes as a reminder that they belong to God. And it's good to have reminders. It's good to have something in our life. Now, you know, I like having plaques on my wall. I like having maybe a bumper sticker on my car sometime. I don't think we have any right now, but, uh, but uh, I, I, like, I like having maybe a lapel pin. Now, there's nothing wrong with having reminders, but the reminders are supposed to be reminders. They're, to be, they're reminders of a reality. They're not the reality. And so these scribes, they began to to tie longer tassels on their robes. And then the next one, he'd see his is three inches long. I want mine to be four inches long. 
And then next, well, I won't mind to be sick here. And so they walked around in long robes. That meant that their tassels were a kind of a sign or a signal to everybody. I'm more spiritual. I'm more religious than he is. And their external dress was a signal of their own pride. And it says they love to walk around in these long robes, and they love greetings in the marketplaces. They love to be acknowledged and accepted. Ah, here comes Dr. So-and-so. Why, here comes Master So-and-so. Here comes Father So-and-so. That's why Jesus said, don't call any man on this earth Father. Now, I don't know what the Roman Catholics do with that, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, Jesus said that. He said, because you only have one Father, and that's your Father in heaven. Now, he's talking about in a spiritual sense. He's not talking about don't call your daddy, uh, daddy or something like that. But he's talking about that religiously, you don't call any man the father or the master or the, or, or the doctor or the leader. People ask me, you know, some, sometimes uh, said, can I call you Reverend Harris? I said, I'd prefer you not to. I'm not Reverend. And they say, well, what, what do you want me to call you? I prefer brother. Brother. So I, I like to be called Brother Nick because that's biblical. The Bible says that the apostles, when, they, when, Saul, when Paul came in, they called him Brother Paul, Brother Barnabas. And they, they extended each other the right hand of Christian fellowship. They referred to each other as brother. And I, I don't want to be called boss. I don't want, you know, well, you say, well, what about pastor? Well, that's all right. And I know people call me pastor. But did you know the word pastor is only used one time in the New Testament? Nobody in the Bible was ever called pastor except Jesus. The word pastor is the word for shepherd. It's the, it's the Greek word. Poem, it means shepherd. And Jesus is the only one who was ever called the good shepherd. Now, now over in, in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about that some were given, that, that God gave to the church the gift of apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastor teachers. So if anybody calls me pastor, I'm not going to get mad or anything like that. But I want you to know, I'm not anything different from anybody in this church. I have a role. I have a responsibility. I have an opportunity. I told the pastors down in Belize where I was this week when I got ready to leave, I told them, they said, thank you for coming and teaching. I said, listen, I learned more this week than I taught. And I tell you what, I learned a lot from those Belizean pastors. Some of them Mayans, they lived down in the southern part of Belize, had to travel four hours just to get to where this pastor's conference was. And they live in such struggle, such challenge, such poverty. And I tell you what, they taught me a lot this week. And so, you know, somebody asked me one time why I didn't have a pastor's parking place. <laughs> I said, look, I figure if I want to get in first, I need to get there early. 
And I'm not critical. I mean, you know, I see churches all the time that have a parking place for the pastor. That's fine. That's fine. But I don't want one. And I figure I can park where everybody else does. And look, Jesus said there's something about getting religious, and especially religious leadership, that pushes people in the direction of becoming a little bit prideful. Beginning to think, well, I must be something special. I must be something kind of extra, extra special because I'm the, I'm the leader. I'm the master. I'm the father. I'm the, I'm the, 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 the doctor. I'm the whatever. And Vince, uh, Vance Havner said, man, all these pastors today becoming doctors. Said, we got so many doctors in the church today, you'd think God was sick. Well, I don't know about that. Nothing wrong with being a doctor. Nothing wrong with having a doctor's degree or anything like that. I think that's fine. But sometimes it makes us sick. It makes us tend to think that somehow or another, because we have some extra training or extra privilege or extra whatever, that we are something extra. We're not. And these scribes, this was the problem. They... They love to walk around in their long flowing robes. They love to be greeted in the marketplace. Oh, Rabbi so-and-so. Oh, Master so-and-so. Oh, so-and-so. And they like those greetings. And not only that, he says, they have the best seats in the synagogue. They have their spot marked out. And, and back in those days, they had kind of arrangement of seats. That the, over in the book of James, it talks about how that when the rich men came in, they were given a special seating. You know, oh, here's Mr. Gottrocks. He's, uh, he's got lots of money. We want to let him sit up here. And then the poor people come in, and they said to them, well, you sit back in the back or you sit under the stage or something like that. We don't, you, you sit back where nobody can see you. And James said all that kind of stuff is just of the devil. That's wrong. And I tell you, if we show partiality to anybody based on their appearance, based on their money, based on their education, based on anything, then we're doing wrong. That's what the book of James says. Well, these, these uh, scribes, they love the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at the feasts. They pretty thought pretty highly of themselves, didn't they? Now, look, you say, well, you're, you're talking about uh, uh, these folks. No, I'm talking about all of us, all of us. Need to, need to guard our hearts because we are privileged people. We are blessed people. And sometimes the blessings of God can actually make us think that we're better than other people or maybe even make us think that we deserve those blessings. And we become arrogant and prideful. But listen to the next verse. He said, and they not only are arrogant, but they devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Listen, these were greedy people. They, and I've read different ways that they would manipulate things to, to get, to take advantage of widows and to actually steal from widows. That's what he says. They will devour widows' houses and widows' um, uh, livings. 
And you know, I've read, I know somebody think, well, how come you're down on these television preachers? I just got to say, I read a report not long ago that something like 60% of the people who give are, are widows and, and people that really can least afford it. They make an appeal in such a way that they know how to manipulate people's emotions and get them to give what maybe they don't need to be given. Well, I'm going to get off of that. I'll, I'll just, I kind of got into it some down there this, this week, just seeing such poverty, such poor people. And they said that, I'll go ahead and just say his name, Benny Hinn came down to Belize. He had a crusade, and he charged people to come to his crusade charged them money they had to pay i mean they can't even afford to pay but they they pay they pack the place out and then in addition to that he takes up three offerings and he walks away with huge amounts of money that just makes me mad i'm telling you it just it just burns me up to think here's a man who could afford to go down there and give thousands of dollars but he goes down there and he takes thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars from people who have nothing almost nothing well we're going to see something on that in just a minute they devour widow's house and then for a pretense to cover it they make these long prayers in public to make everybody think they're so spiritual and he says listen to this they will receive the greater condemnation they will receive the greater condemnation you know when i was 17 years old and i got saved and god called me to preach i was so excited you know i i i I wanted to be a preacher i wanted to tell people about jesus and uh and i'm still excited I'm still excited to be able to to preach the word and teach the word in different places. But I tell you, I began to read the New Testament. There are all kinds of warnings in the Bible to those who teach. The Bible says, you beware, don't don't seek to be a a teacher or a leader because they're going to have a greater judgment. That's kind of scary, isn't it? And that's what Jesus says here of these scribes. He said, they get all the praises of men. They get all the money from these widows. They, they rob widows of their houses. Well, I tell you, they're going to stand someday before God, and they're going to receive the greater condemnation. And uh, so in contrast to these arrogant, selfish, greedy scribes, Jesus tells another story, something that happened. And he sat down opposite the treasury, and he watched the people putting in their money in the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums of money. And a poor widow came, and she put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. She had two coins, each worth half a cent each. And she put them into the offering plate. 
And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Now, I know when I've preached on this passage before, I've always preached on it from the standpoint of giving. I don't think that's the reason Jesus told that story here. Now, it is true that it, he, he, there's, there's some lessons about giving that can be gained here. But I think this is a contrast. He said, here are the scribes, these religious leaders that get all the praise of men. They sit in the chief seats and everybody knows their name and everybody honors them out in the street and everything like that. He said, they're prideful and they're greedy. Now, here's a woman. She's just a humble widow. She doesn't have anything. She got two pennies, two half pennies. And she comes into the temple, and Jesus sees her, and all these other people see her too. And the scribes see her. And in my opinion, somebody should have gone up to her and said, Ma'am, I see that all you have is two pennies. That's all you have to live on. We want to help you. We want, to, we want to provide you something to help you with your living. We want to be generous like you're being generous. And nobody did that. Nobody did that. Jesus saw this woman. She came. She had two little copper coins. And she comes to the treasury and she drops them both in. Everything she has, she gave it. Now, that's admirable. That's wonderful. This woman was generous. And I think what Jesus is saying here is, look at the contrast. This woman is a nobody as far as the community is concerned. She's just a poor widow. She is in the bottom of the rung socially. She, the bottom rung of the ladder socially. She has nothing but two pennies. And she comes, and because of her love for God, her love for the temple, her love for the Lord, she drops in everything she has. While the scribes over here, they're looking at her saying, I wonder how we can devour her house. How can we take away from her even what she has? And Jesus is showing us the contrast between religiously driven, prideful, greedy people and love-driven, humble, generous people. And I think what he's trying to say to us, which one of these people are you going to be? Are you going to be arrogant, thinking you're somebody? You know, humility ought not to be hard. Somebody said, you know, I really struggle with being humble. And somebody else said, why? <laughs> said, I know you pretty well. Looks like you ought to be a humble automatically. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it ought to be easy for us to be humble. 
when we realize, first of all, that we are really nothing. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And, and the Bible teaches us that everything we have, everything we have is a gift. We don't have anything because we got it, we did it. Everything we have, either God gave it directly to us or somebody else gave it to us. Our parents or somebody else gave it to us. And you realize you may think you're the real big shot, but you just let one little air bubble get into your blood and hit your heart or your brain, and you're gone just like that. So it ought not to be hard for us to be humble because all we have and all that we are is a gift from God. And we can and will give it all up someday. I was reading a message by... One of my favorite Bible teachers, Herb Hodges, this morning was about death. And he said, here's the thing about death. Every one of us are going to die. No matter how much we have or how little we have, whether we're the rich man or whether we're Lazarus, we're going to die. Sooner unless Jesus comes back before we die, but, but all of us are going to stand before God. And it's not going to be based on how long we lived or how rich we were or how smart we were or what kind of house we lived in or what kind of clothes we wore or what kind of uh, greetings we received in the marketplace. It's all going to be based on this one thing. Did you know Jesus? Did you trust him? Do you love him? And here this contrast between these scribes and this poor widow. Yeah, there are lessons there about giving, but I think the main lesson here is Jesus is showing us two, two categories. Here's the person who thinks they have everything, and God says they don't have my approval. And here's a woman who thinks she has nothing, but God looks at her and says she has my approval. She's humble. She's generous. These people are arrogant, and they're greedy. And God looks at them and says, Oh, they get the praises of men, she gets the disdain of men, but she gets the blessing of God, and they do not. So the call to us is not just to give what we can, but it's to be sensitive to those around us who are in need. I tell you, there's a lot of people, a lot of people that have a lot of needs, financial needs, physical needs that we could meet. Now, obviously... We have to be careful. We have to be as wise as serpents and gentle as doves. We have to, we can't give to everybody because uh, even everybody that has a need because their greatest need is for Jesus. But there are some brothers and sisters in the Lord that we know that may have critical needs and we ought to seek to meet those needs. We ought not to be trying to get what we can, but to give all we can. That's the point for me of this message. Any questions, thoughts? Anything come to your mind? All right, well, let's just...
Well, I, and I appreciate that, and I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going to slap anybody if they call me pastor uh, or anything like that. It's fine. But the point is, there are people right here in this congregation that have given just as much as I ever have, and love Jesus just as much as I do, and serve Him just as faithfully as I do, and uh, I happen to have the privilege and responsibility that God has given to me and that you've given to me to, uh, to teach the word and to uh, try to model before you the Lord Jesus. But I tell you what, I look in the mirror and I see a person who needs just as much as I see in the faces of anybody that I look at. I see a person who could fall as quickly as anybody else falls, and I see a person who has to live day by day, hour by hour, just trusting Jesus. And uh, uh, so, so I, you call me pastor. That's fine. I don't. I don't. I don't mind. I might call you pastor. Can't ever tell. <laughs> I called you dad, pastor. That's for sure. And uh, but here's the thing. Jesus looks at all of us, and he says, which one of these people are you going to be like? You want to be like the people who, who thinks they have everything, but they really have nothing? Or do you want to like this person who thinks they have nothing, but they really have everything? They really have everything. And I was telling my grandson, he asked me last night as he picked me up at the airport and bring me home, he said, what you preaching on tomorrow, Papa? And I told him, I kind of preached my sermon in a short form. I know you probably wonder why I couldn't have done that this morning. But uh, I, I just kind of gave him a summary. And, uh, and I said, you know, that, that's a good question to ask. Which one of these do we want to be? Do we want to be the one who thinks they have everything? When God looks at them and says, they're just, they're dirty cups. They're filthy. They're like whitewashed tombs. I see what's on the inside. Or do you want to be like this woman who the world looked at, kind of scoffed. She's a nobody. She's nothing. She doesn't have anything. But God looks at her, and you know what? We're still talking about her today. We're still talking about her. We don't know her name. But, all, but three of the Gospels tell us about this woman. Isn't that something? And Jesus looked at her, and he pointed to her and said, this is a model of humility and generosity. And he may have said to his disciples, you see the scribes? Don't be like them. You see this poor widow? Be like her. And that's what Jesus is saying to us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the fact that you have made us rich. You really have. We're all rich people. Because we have Jesus. We have heaven as our home. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have all your blessings. You said you've blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. So we're, we're rich. And no matter what the world says, if they look at us, if they look at us and say, well, they see just a, a poor widow with nothing, we're really more interested in what you see when you look at us. And if, and if we have much, if we have a lot, we thank you for it, but we realize 
that we're not owners, we're stewards. You've just entrusted us with it for a little while. We're going to leave it all behind, and only those things that we've really invested for you, that poor widow, those two half pennies, she really didn't give them up. She actually sent them on forward. And in heaven, she meets them again, multiplied thousands of times over for her generous heart and her loving spirit. And I pray that you'll help us. Lord, I pray for my own self. I want so much to just walk with this consciousness that religion always pushes us in the direction of getting and strutting. Lord, I don't want to do either. But true faith always pushes us in the direction of bowing and giving. And I pray that you will help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.